0: Recorded live from the magnificent Coolidge, Arizona, the capital of the desert, February the 13th, 2014. Revelation chapter 6, verse 12. We're going to move right ahead. The previous lessons are available on TalkShoe. In verse 12, we open the sixth seal, I looked. And that is his obedience to the word come. I mean, he means, I want your
1: attention. I looked. And when he broke
0: the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair. And the whole moon became like blood. Now that's a good start. That's verse 12, chapter 6, the book of Revelation. Now let's get some background. Let's go to the book of Joel. If you have, uh, we have notes. Those notes are available. They're scattered notes. They're my handwritten notes. Some of them are hard to read. Some of what you can read don't make sense. But uh, <clears throat> okay, Joel chapter two, and verse. Um, we're gonna just we're we're gonna spend some time here, but let's look at just thirty and thirty-one for now. I will display wonders in the sky and on the earth blood fire columns of smoke kind of a dismal picture the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before before before,
1: before, prior to the great and awesome day of the Lord.
0: Now we're going to read some more of these verses in just a minute. But there's the starting place. We've got the sun becomes black. The moon becomes like what? A blood. Did Joel read the same way? Read the same way. Now let's go over to Matthew 24. Don't lose Joel too far because we're going to come back there in just a jiffy. Matthew 24 and verse 29 And it, but immediately, immediate, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light, and we found out in the other verses why. And the stars will be, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens
1: will be shaken. Yes. Sit right on Harry's face. He'll like that. Yeah.
0: See the parallel between Joel and then what Matthew said? And <clears throat> now we want to ask two more questions when did all of these signs spoken of by Joel John and Christ begin and secondly when did all of these signs spoken of by Joel John and Christ end see the two questions when will these signs begin and secondly when will they end all right well now let's go back to the book of acts and then back we'll go back to joel <clears throat> we're in acts chapter 2 and verse 16 All kinds of weird stuff going on in Jerusalem. Peter, the one to whom God had given the keys of the kingdom,
1: is with the eleven, verse fourteen. He raises his voice. And declares
0: to them. And who is he addressing in verse 14? And all you who live in Jerusalem.
1: Let this be known to you all.
0: Now who is he addressing? Okay, the men of Judea and all those who live in Jerusalem. Is he talking about those here who live in Coolidge?
2: These are all Jewish people.
0: These are Jewish people. Would they be familiar with the poetic of uh, the uh, language of the prophets? Yes. If they were Jews. Let this be known to you and give heed to my words. Because they have just because of all the strange things taking place, they thought, you know, the, these people are drunk. So Peter says, "No, they're not drunk, as you suppose. For it is only the third hour of the day." Apparently, they did not live in Sun Lakes.
2: <laughs> yeah, it
0: starts about eight, huh? Well, before that, because when I'm <laughs> in the summertime, when I'm walking at five, there is a beeline of traffic going over to the Palo Verde Bar. Oh, my goodness and i guess they stay there till about 11 longer if they can't leave <laughs> you can't believe how many people spend their mornings at the Palo Verde sun lakes bar but notice verse 16 now either either this was or it wasn't true but this What you are seeing, what you are witnessing, this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. This is what Joel was speaking about. Well, that can't be. Now, we're looking forward in our future, but Peter said that what Joel talked about is happening when? When?
1: Then we have to come right back.
0: Is Joel right? I mean, is Peter right or wrong?
2: Right in the scriptures.
0: Yes, right. <laughs> you got it. So it means that however, whatever he says, and however he quotes, however he. Uh, refers to Joel and how he repeats portions of it. However he changes it around, however he's done it, he's doing it by inspiration, and he is saying, this is the fulfillment, the beginning of the fulfillment of what was spoken of through Joel the prophet. This, don't ever forget verse 16. Because it ought to be all identifies in verse seventeen, and it shall be in the last days. Paul or Peter is saying that when Joel talked about the last days, he was talking about what you are seeing when, now And Lord, not now we'll skip down to verse 19 for now, and I will grant wonders in the sky above. He's quoting from Joel, I will grant wonders from the sky in the sky above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before before sometime after. No, it says all this is going to take place. So he is saying there is a process involved. That's why the word little preposition before is being used. Before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. So there you get the identity. The same as Jesus had it. The same as Joel had it. And John or Peter on the day of Pentecost. With the keys of the kingdom. Standing up with the eleven. Speaking to the people of Jerusalem. And to the eleven, saying, this is that day. So was it or wasn't it? It was. was. Now let's go back to Joel. Again, in chapter 2, and I want to read a little bit more of this. Some of our folks aren't familiar with this. You folks probably all are. Um, And that I don't always know where we are. But let's look at verses 28 through 32, and we'll just, we'll scan it. It will come about after this that I will pour out of my spirit on all of mankind. Now that took place in at least, well, at no more than how many events? Two, just so you don't get caught. What are the two possible events that in that are both inclusive in this statement. I will pour out my spirit on all mankind.
1: What would be the two events?
0: Well, Peter was clear. He said, today, what Joel talked about is being fulfilled. So that's one day, the pouring out of the spirit in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the promise made to the disciples, the realization of it in chapter 2. And the response of it was what stirred the people of saying, these folks are drunk. And Peter stood up then and explained that this is simply the fulfillment of what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. The second, if we want to include all of mankind, we need to also include the household of Cornelius in chapter 10, right? Yeah.
1: I'm not sure you need to go there,
2: but that's... And by Peter, and they also said, the Jews with him, this is what has happened that's right. to us before.
0: And both were through Peter. That's right. And... Uh, When it was done to the household of Cornelius, um, the the gifts of the Spirit were not given out at that time, just um, the acknowledgement that the Gentiles were now accepted. Different than the one in Jerusalem, but it included. That's where all nations were included, all of mankind were included by Peter, Who had the keys of the kingdom, including both Jews and Gentiles? Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter, is it a 10? I think it's chapter 10.
2: 10.
0: Okay. Um, And your sons and your daughters will prophesy, prophesy, and that's what is happening in Acts chapter 2. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. See, this is why I wanted to make a point of what I I did up there earlier, is because I will pour out of my spirit in those days. Not not just the one event on Pentecost, but it has to include Acts chapter 10 also. The days is plural. Now the day of the Lord, uh, verse 30, I will display wonders in the sky and on the earth. We read this before, but I want to do it now in context. Blood, fire, columns of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the great, before, before the great and terrible and awesome day of the Lord, before that day comes. And it will come about that when... That whoever calls on the name of the Lord, whoever, and it will come about that whoever Jew and or Gentile, then, whoever calls on the name, and the word call comes from the word which means appeal, it's like appealing to Caesar, and when you do that, it is a hundred percent surrender of everything you have possession of that gets put into the hands of of
2: whoever you're calling upon. But when you appeal to Caesar, you also would stand in front of him. You'd stand in that front That was him. also guaranteed. Yep. He would hear what you, your appeal was. you have now become his
0: subject. Yeah. That's a perfect,
2: perfect word for that.
0: So, that's right. Good, good. Now, <clears throat> but there's a little catch here whoever, it doesn't say whoever calls on the Lord. We leave this other little thing out, and we think that these people were going around saying, Jesus, Jesus, and they got a little tremble in their voice. You know, that causes a little bit of emotional stir. That that Baptist tremble. (laughs) You know. More than just musical vibrato. Whoever calls on the character of the Lord, whoever makes his appeal to the full disclosure of the Lord, not just saying the name of the Lord, when when we we say, "If we pray in the name," it doesn't say when you say the name, it's when you are in the Lord that counts, or in the disclosure of the Lord, the thing that identifies him, the full disclosure. So this was not some abstract appeal or some abstract clinging to, this is where a person got a hold of the name, what it represented, grasped it. And no wonder then, as we read last week, they were being martyred in the fifth seal. But whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered. Maybe, and possibly not in this life, for on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be those who escape. Not all of those who were right escaped, as we've read, but there were some who did, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. So there will be those, but they will be for on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. So he is talking about what place all this taking place? Jerusalem. And where was Peter when he talked about and said, These are the days that what Joel talked about have come to pass or are coming to pass.
2: In in Jerusalem.
0: In Jerusalem. And when John writes, He's writing to the folks of old Jerusalem, addressing these letters to the churches of Asia Minor, but they knew about Jerusalem. They knew about
1: the Jews. So there's Joel.
0: And Peter says, these things are all going to begin at Pentecost. The beginning of these events. Let's go to Matthew 16. So we know, we want to know when. Man and Matthew 16:27, for the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of His Father with His angels and will then rec- rec- repay. Um, I, I'm reading the New American Standard, and my King James is firmly entrenched in my brain and will then repay every man according to his word, uh, according to his deeds truly i say to you there are some of those who are standing here who are listening to me who will live to be very 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 old and why is that because they're not going to die until they see the son of man coming in his kingdom and they're still standing there apparently They're still standing there, according to some. Well, Peter says, what Joel talked about, this is that day. This is the beginning of that time. He was the one to whom Jesus gave the keys of the kingdom. And he is now using those keys to open the door to the kingdom to both Jews and Gentiles alike. So I'm suggesting then that When did all of these signs spoken of by Joel, John, and Christ begin? I'm saying they began, or suggesting that they began, with the day of Pentecost. When Paul uh, uh, Peter specifically says, this is the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. And it's the same thing that Jesus said in Matthew 24, which we read. And then this is the summary. But the day of Pentecost was that day. That's when it began. Now, when did it end? It took some time. From the day of Pentecost to 70 A.D. Uh, is a little time, you know, 35 for round numbers. 34 A.D. to 70, depending on which calendar you use. But from 30, you could say 30 A.D. to 70 A.D. got 40 years. That's that's one generation in the Bible. Forty years is one generation.
1: That recorded that and those that acknowledged it. Yeah. 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 So, let's look at Hebrews 12.
0: Hebrews 12. I hope I'm just not being way too redundant here. Um, but that's what the sixth seal. You lost me on the sheet, though, Dave. I, are, are oh, have we, I? Yeah, are we? On the wrong sheet.
2: No, I'm not. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, you got, got the it. wrong sheet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I had it
0: over there. Okay. Well, it's a good thing if you do get lost, well, let me know, because i want I want everybody to kind of move along together, okay, so let's go to hebrews twelve twenty two These are all old, familiar passages I've used them so often that page is about worn out in my Bible, but I need to read several verses here, so let's move right along, beginning with verse twenty two we're going to read all the way to twenty nine Uh, You have come to my sign, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels. Speaking to the Hebrews. You have also come, when you've come to any one of those, you've also come to the general assembly. You've also come to the church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. That does not tie all those symbols together. You can't get a verse that ties them all together anymore. You've got other verses that say the household of God, which is the church of the living God. But here you've got them all tied together. Uh, and you've got God there. And to God, because where is God? Well, he's in the church. The church is the deity of God. There's the, that's the only place the deity is ever used is in reference to the church. Never used in reference to Christ. It's always used in reference to the church. You don't buy that. Okay, that's all right. Let's just read one verse. Let's go back to Hebrew, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. He, uh, you know, uh, Hebrews twelve twenty-two, Ephesians 1, 22. That helps you remember it. Um, but whether in Colossians or Ephesians, when it talks about uh, the Godhead, it is always speaking of what is contained in the church. Never is it ever referring to what Jesus was. Ephesians, Colossians were both written about 60 uh, A.D. approximately. Now here we have the quickest analysis of what's going on in in Colossians chapter one, uh, verses nine. Um, but we don't need to go there. Let's just stay here. He put and, and the in him in him in him. You are, you are redeemed in him. You have forgiveness of sin in him. What? Well, where are we in him to have forgiveness of sin? We're in his body, the church. That's, that's the uh, Colossian account. This is Ephesians 1.22. He put all things in subjection under his feet. We read this Sunday morning, I think, at, in church. He put all things <clears throat> in subjection under his feet. God put everything under Christ's feet. Gave him, Christ, as head over all things to the church, excepting what he gave also to the Pope and the prophet of Mormonism. As head over all things to the church. You know, if people would remember that, then there ought to never be a power play in the church had there. We have functions and responsibilities. And we need to follow through with our responsibilities. But there ought not be any power play because who's head over all things to the church? God put Christ over all things to the church. Now, why isn't that good enough? You can't hurt my feelings no matter what you do because they're not Christ. That's right. There's your nobody looking for it. <laughs> really? I thought you were.
2: Or or mine. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't.
0: <laughs> well, we've been trying to train Tess. Okay, so and gave him as head over all things to the church, uh, which is invisible, undefinable, and is only good for having potluck dinners. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm just sorry, folks, that's not what it says. He, he gave him as head over all things to the church. It is his body. That's how you become in him where all the promises can be realized. And when it says in him, in him, in him is the phrase used throughout the book of Colossians. Is referring to where you can be in him, and that's in his body, the church. Now, which is his body? Is is a intransitive verb. Do you know what the difference between a transitive and an intransitive verb is? Guess. And you, nothing wrong with being wrong.
1: It's like an action without, it's not an
2: action, but
0: it's a. I'm trying
2: to figure out how.
0: A transitive verb is a verb that has
2: action. That has action.
0: An an intransitive verb is like a state of being. It has no action. It just is. That's the word is. Which is his body. That's just a state of being. And it is, well, I know what's what it says, but you don't buy that. It is the fullness. It is everything about God, there is. It is the fullness of him who fills all in all.
1: That's the deity of God found where? In the, church. In the body of the church. That's a hard concept to get a handle on. Which is his body,
0: which is the fullness, the fullness of him. Who feels, So when, he, when Hebrews chapter 12 says that we have come to God, remember, go back there, that's what it says. Verse 23, to the General Assembly and Church of the Firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God. God. Oh, how is that? Well, we just got through reading it. The judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous Made perfect. That's Titus 3 5.
1: Well, now we find somebody else there
0: too in his body, the church. And we, you've also come to whom? Jesus. To Jesus, who was the mediator of a new covenant, to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel.
1: Got that clear?
0: There's a couple months in the Oprah sermons. <laughs> now, see, with that, that background now leads us into verse 25. See to it. And of course, that's the end of Calvinism, isn't it? What's the difference between Calvinism and Arminianism? Real simple. Just one issue. Who knows what it is? Calvinism, Arminianism. Calvinism says you cannot believe. That if you do believe, it has to be a direct implant of God upon you, not by your study, violating John twenty thirty one. But Arminianism takes all of the tenets of Calvinism but they change changed the belief requirement and that the individual can believe. Most Baptists are Arminian. Okay, but see to it puts all the responsibility on whom? On those who are reading this. That's right, on the individual. You see to it. You can, you are capable of it, you are responsible for doing it, and God will hold you liable if you don't. See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking, and uh, for it, uh, for, uh, yeah, that you do not receive him, refuse him who is speaking. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven?
1: Do you get that?
0: Was that a no?
2: That's yes, yeah. Hebrews chapter 2. Oh, we're
0: in 1226. Oh, 12. 1226. Do you see to it yet you do not refuse him who is speaking? Because those who refused.
1: before
0: did not escape. Now, he who warns from heaven and has warned from heaven, you better really pay attention. Because before it was the first
2: who warned them on earth.
0: That's right. And now now who one is warning them from heaven so you better pay it so he says you better
1: pay attention and his voice
0: shook the earth then but now he has promised saying yet once more i will shake not only the earth but
1: also the heaven
0: Now you know what I, how I look at heaven and earth here is in the prophetic sense and that he's talking here about the passing away of the nation of Israel. This expression, verse 27, yet once more denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, the kingdom that Peter instituted on the day of Pentecost, 30 or 33 A.D., depending on your calendar, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and fear, For our God is wimpy, is a consuming
1: fire. That will be the end
0: of verse 12. When all of these things are completed, the kingdom is, In the vision of of Revelation 6.12 is the kingdom of Israel and it passed away in 70 A.D. That's when it ends as described here in Hebrews 12 and what's going to then remain. The new heaven and earth, the kingdom that was established by Peter 35 years earlier, 40 years earlier at the most, and it's going to remain now because it cannot be shaken. We have a hard time with that. We, 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 we read Daniel 2.44, which we have read earlier in Revelation, that God will set up his kingdom, and it will consume these kingdoms. It will not be left to other people, but it will stand forever. That's the church, That's the body of Christ. That's the body of Christ. That's the city of the living God. It's the heavenly Jerusalem. It's all of those things defined in verses uh, twenty-two through twenty-four. You can't shake. You can't mess with it. So I'm suggesting that when we read Revelation chapter six, verse I look when he broke the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair and the whole moon became like blood. I'm saying that uh, or I'm suggesting to you to consider the idea that this is talking about uh, the kingdom of Israel when it was going to be destroyed as it began to be destroyed on the day of Pentecost as Peter says in the fulfillment of the book of Joel and will continue until it's utterly Total demise in 7 A.D. at which the book of Revelation is giving us the history for. Any questions on that? Am I stating myself
2: clear? I have a question. Yes. Um, Estimate the time after the ascension to the day of Pentecost. Is there any biblical um, time frame given? 40 days plus? A little over a month. Yeah,
0: well, it's 40 days from the ascension. Uh, no, 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 no. From his resurrection to his ascension, I missed. You. I didn't get your question right. And then okay, from yeah, the ascension yeah, to right, the day of Pentecost. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, he, yeah the, the Bible says 10 days. Yeah. Yeah, it says 10 50 days.
2: 50 days. days to Pentecost. Okay. Yeah. Okay, from right. Passover. Yeah. Approximately. Which helps us date it because right okay,
0: got it got it uh-huh not not very long
2: not very long I mean he was he was preparing those in his audience for the end of the age that's right
0: and and within their
2: few days the end of the age within within days within days it head ended. and that really changes the way I think about it too. It's all over. Uh, Jesus said in uh, um, John sixteen, talking to the apostles about in uh he say, a little while you will see me no uh, you you will see me no more, In a little while you will see me again. Yeah. So a little while is a few days and it seems like uh uh coming, or soon, it could be a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to use uh, words for time, spans of, of time. Well, thousands of years. No. doesn't fit well, the picture. He, Jesus defines what he meant right there. We know how many days it was. Yeah. yeah. It was a little while. Joel defined it.
0: Well, he said it will be in the last days, but the last days of what? Yeah. Well, you have to look, who was he writing to? He's writing to Judah, Jerusalem, and so if it was in the last days of Judah and Jerusalem, these things would take place. Those things are taking place in the last days of Judah and Jerusalem when Peter stands on.
2: And the apostles teach they are in the last days.
0: That's right. Well, they, was, we know written,
2: when that was. It was written. It was. It was in the books. It was in the law. And then what Peter said. When he was speaking, cemented it into fact. I
0: mean, because he quoted it by name.
2: Yeah,
0: that's pretty powerful. that's Listen. infallible. Well, I think so, but a lot of folks out there unless the whole thing's made up. Yep. What what does this do to premillennialism? Uh. It says this hasn't taken place yet.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, our time
0: is up. So we're going to quit. Folks, we covered one verse tonight.
2: Yeah. Um, but okay. verse 12. Excuse me, again, what the 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 moon turning to blood. Excuse me, the sun turning to blood. Could you run through that just for a few more seconds? And
0: all, all it says is that the sun became black. That means it didn't shine. It just be-
2: blood.
0: like blood. blood. Well, the moon became like blood. Yeah. The sun became black. Does it say that the sun became... The sun became black mm. and the sun became
2: like blood.
0: The, the sun became what? Black.
2: black. Yeah, black. black. So it's
0: dark. Dark, and dark. Dark. No light
2: moon
0: looked red. Yeah. That would be, be quite yeah. out of sight. I
2: the don't think the sun up. is
0: ever spoken of as, uh, is referred to as, uh, in prophecy, referred to as blood, is it? No. Uh, At no. least, it, it, no, I just misspoke. Uh, okay. But right here, there, there you got, the moon became as blood. And, uh,
2: to, to not make it, not make
0: it and not literal.
2: Yeah, literal.
0: Not not be spoken of as literal. And talking to and we'll discuss a little bit more about that in the chat in verse thirteen. Because we got in chapter or verse twelve we have the sun and the moon. Now in verse thirteen we're gonna have the stars. Verse fourteen we have the sky. And then in verses uh uh, verse 15, we have the kings and the people. And then we have their appeal in verse 16. That's how the chapter; these verses run down real quick. So, if you see all of that, you can see the flow of what's taking place. Okay? Any other questions, comments? Hope I don't I don't feel cheated tonight, but I think we've spent enough time. I just want to make sure we clear clear on the symbolism. I think it's, I think it's very clear, the use of the symbols. All right. Father, we, are, uh, we give thanks because we have this opportunity, and we have set it aside to be here together and to be in your word together with our minds thinking together. And it's a wonderful, wonderful time. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.